ಕೃಷ್ಣಪಾದಾ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಪ್ರೇಷ್ಠಾ ಭೂತಲೆ ಶ್ರೀಮತೆ ಭಕ್ತಿ ವೇದಾಂತ ಸ್ವಾಮಿನೇ ನಮಸ್ತೆ ಸಾರಸ್ವತೆ ದೇವೇ ಗೌರವಾಣಿ ಪ್ರಚಾರಿಣೇ ನಿರ್ವಿಶೇಷ ಶೂನ್ಯವಾದಿ ಪಾಶ್ಚಾತೇಶತಾರಿಣೇ ಜಯ ಶ್ರೀಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಪ್ರಭುನಿತ್ಯನಂದ ಶ್ರೀಯದ್ವೈತಗದಾಧರ ಶ್ರೀವಾಸಾದಿ ಗೌರಭಕ್ತವೃಂದ ನಮೋ ಮಹಾವದನ್ಯಾಯ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಪ್ರೇಮ ಪ್ರದಾಯತೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣಾಯ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ನಾಮೇ ಗೌರತ್ವಿಷೇ ನಮಃ ನಮೋ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಣ್ಯ ದೇವಾಯ ಗೋಬ್ರಾಹ್ಮಣ ಹಿತಾಯ ಜಗದ್ದಿತಾಯ ಕೃಷ್ಣಾಯ ಗೋವಿಂದಾಯ ನಮೋ ನಮಃ ಹೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಕರುಣಾ ಸಿಂಧೋ ದೀನಬಂಧು ಜಗತ್ಪತೆ ಗೋಪೇಶ ಗೋಪಿಕಾ ಕಾಂತ ರಾಧಾಕಾಂತ ನಮೋಸ್ತುತೆ ತಪ್ತ ಕಾಂಚನ ಗೌರಾಂಗೀ ರಾಧೇ ವೃಂದಾವನೇಶ್ವರಿ ಋಷಭಾನುಸುತೆ ದೇವಿ ಪ್ರಣಮಿ ಹರಿ ಪ್ರಿಯ ವಾಂಚಕಲ್ಪತರುಭ್ಯ ಕೃಪಾ ಸಿಂಧೂಭ್ಯೇವತೀತನಾಭ್ಯೋ ವೈಷ್ಣವೇಭ್ಯೋ ನಮೋ ನಮಃ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೇ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೇ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೇ ಹರೇ ಓಂ ಅಜ್ಞಾನತಿರಂಧ್ಯ ಜ್ಞಾನಂಜನ ಶಲಾಘೆಯ ಚಕ್ಷುರುನ್ಮಿಳಿತ ಮೇನ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುವೇ ನಮಃ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ವೆಲ್ಕಮ್ ಆಲ್ ಆಫ್ ಯು ಒನ್ಸ್ ಅಗೇನ್ ಸೊ ಟುಡೇ ಲೆಟ್ಸ್ ಬಿಗಿನ್ ವಿತ್ ಅ ಬ್ರ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ನ್ಯೂ ಶ್ಲೋಕ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಶ್ಲೋಕ ನಂಬರ್ ನೈನ್ ಸೊ ಇಟ್ಸ್ ಅನೇದರ್ ವೆರಿ ಬ್ಯೂಟಿಫುಲ್ shloka where duryodhana is continuing to show his uh, diplomacy let's see what he is saying here anyecha babah shura madarte takta jeevitah nana shastra praharnah sarve yuddha visharadah so very interestingly here duryodhana is saying anyecha babah shura The translation goes like this. I will read the translation also. There are many other heroes who are prepared to lay down their lives for my sake. All of them are well equipped with different kinds of weapons and all are experienced in the military science. So, Anyecha Baba Shura, not these great personality, not just these people like Bhishma, Drona. He's trying to now include the other kings also here. and he is saying that i have many 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 great kings who are on my side and madarte takta jeevitah so all these great personalities here are ready to give up their lives 
दी वॉन्ट टू गिव अप यूर लाइफ फॉर माई सेक मदर थे एंड दे आर ऑल नाना शस्त्र प्रहरण सो आई टोल्ड यू प्रहरण ऑल्सो मीन्स अस्त्र लाइक आई मेन्शन अर्लियर इन द प्रीवियस सेशन द डिफरेंस बिटवीन वॉट इज अस्त्र एंड वॉट इज शस्त्र ओके सो नाव इट्स वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग हियर टू दिस श्लोका देर इज समथिंग कॉल्ड एज सारस्वत मीनिंग सारस्वत मीनिंग मीन्स समटाइम्स मदर सरस्वती स्पीक्स द ट्रूथ even through the mouths of evil minded people like duryodhana so here the saraswata meaning although duryodhana is saying madarte takta jeevitah all these kings are ready to give up their life for my sake the saraswata meaning is all these kings who have taken the side of duryodhana they will die because of duryodhana so that is the difference Duryodhana is saying they will die. They are ready to give up their life for my sake. But the Saraswata meaning is all these people will die because of me. So that is what Madhurte Tekta Jeevita. They will all die because of me. Is the Saraswata meaning here? So now, although this is brief, we should know very clearly anybody who is on the field of Dharma Kshetra. We understood Kuru Kshetra is the Dharma Kshetra. so on this dharma kshetra all these unwanted weeds these adharmic rulers kings will be uprooted and they will know they will be eliminated by krishna so that is another indication here so none of these adharmic kings will survive it is a clear indication all these people will die on the battlefield of kurukshetra so let's go to the next uh, words shloka number 10 पांडवाटेडिमिटेड so uh, here in this particular shloka duryodhana is making a comparative analysis of the strength of both the parties so he is estimating the strength of his army and the army of the pandavas so specifically on his side he is saying that aparyaptam tadasmakam balam bhishma virakshitam so apariyaptam so there is a saraswata meaning here but we will understand that what is duryodhana doing duryodhana is taking the name of bhishma the very powerful general on his side and he is saying that our army being protected and ruled and uh, under the guidance of bhishma is very very powerful apariyaptam it is uh, sufficient paryapta means sufficient aparyapta means it is more than enough is very powerful but on the other side he is taking the name of bhima the pandavas army is ruled and under the strength and guidance of bhima is paryaptam it is limited why is taking specifically bhima's name he knows very well again 
that if at all I have to die, I will die under the hands of Bhima. And he has taken his name twice now. In the just last matter of four or five slokas, he is again taking Bhima's name because he is very fearful of Bhima. He knows I will die only in the hands of Bhima. So that was his fear. But right now we should know in this particular shloka also there is the Saraswata meaning. Saraswata meaning means Mother Saraswati is conveying a message through the words of Duryodhana. Anytime when there is a prefix, so prefix to a word, the prefix can actually become an intensifier or a negator. What do we mean by this? Aparyaptam. Just for example, let us take a word now, valuable. Valuable is a word, but when we add in as a prefix, invaluable. Invaluable is, oh, it is so valuable that its value cannot be measured. That is invaluable. So in, when you add a prefix in, it becomes uh, intensifier. You take another word, substantiate. And if you add prefix in, insubstantiate, it actually negates the value. It actually is of less importance here now. So that is insubstantiate. So prefix sometimes can intensify the word, sometimes it can negate the word. So here, actually, if you take the Saraswata meaning, Aparyaptam. So what is Saraswata meaning is, Aparyaptam means, is taken as a negation here. Oh, actually our army under the guidance of Bhishma is aparyaptam. It is of very very uh, low strength. It is of lesser strength compared to paryaptam. Bhima virakshitam. But that army is paryapta. Just by Bhima, being guided by Bhima, Pandava's army is very very powerful. And it is sufficient. But whereas our army is insufficient. That is Saraswata meaning. So, uh, there are certain Acharyas based on the commentaries of different Acharyas. The meanings, uh, these meanings are explained to us. So, that is why I am sharing these meanings with all of you. So, now let us understand and let's go to the next shloka and that is shloka number 11. Aireshu cha sarveshu Yata bhagam avastita Bhishmam meva virakshantu Bhavantas sarvayevahi Okay, wonderful, very nice. So please repeat the translation also. I am skipping the word to word meaning today. Now all of you must give full support must give full support to grandfather bhishma standing at your respective strategic strategic points in the phalanx of the army okay so here aineshu sarveshu very very interesting again so duryodhana is so expert he doesn't want to leave out anybody else like there are he has taken the names of the great generals and the commanders 
now also he has taken and mentioned about the other kings on his battle uh, on his side at the same time now he also wants to include the foot soldiers because they shouldn't be left out they are also equally important and what is saying aineju sarveshu all of you are also very very important and yada bhagam avasthitah bhishma meva virakshantu bhishma is very busy he will be very busy fighting and uh, at that moment the enemies may actually take advantage of uh, bhishma's full engagement in the war at that time all of you should also being in your own respective strategic points should help bhishma you should see that he is very safe so he is very old now how much he can fight you know he is old and you all should protect him he is a grandfather <laughs> but you should know bhishma although he is a grandfather he is extremely powerful and duryodhana knows if at all i have to win if i can win this battle it is possible only with the support of bhishma and bhima so you see duryodhana knows the strength of bhishma but at the same time he wants to encourage all his other members a very interesting some of you must be thinking that this duryodhana is a very expert speaker you may really appreciate the calculative speech that is given to all of us each and every word that duryodhana is speaking is so calculative at the same time you see his presence of mind you see the way he is being diplomatic with everybody and some of you may become actually even impressed by the way duryodhana is speaking it is really really wonderful isn't it the way duryodhana is speaking somebody can become very impressive and in fact it is a quality of a leader he is a very wonderful guy and he has all the leadership qualities so materially speaking they are very very powerful but at the same time we should know just because a person is a very good speaker the caliber of a person is not based on the expertise of his speaking no no not at all the caliber of his the speaker or the caliber of a person is actually understood by the purity of his heart the purity of his motives the purity of his intentions but whereas here we can understand the intentions and the motives of duryodhana he was full of greed he was full of envy he was full of uh, what to say uh, that uh, greed you know wanted to rule and dominate people so he is filled with all these different things within his heart so these things are not good these things are not good and we should not judge anybody's spiritual life or spirituality based on somebody's speech especially in kaliyuga it has become a fashion that uh, anybody speaks very good very uh, fluently in english he is considered to be a, a spiritualist and this is called shabda chapalyam shabda chapalyam means expertise in speech you cannot judge a person and you should not conclude anything about a person just by the way he speaks 
but in kaliyuga just because people use this flowery language they are promoted as very uh, topmost gurus in the world that is not how we judge a guru a spiritualist a genuine guru is judged by his purity of heart not by the expertise in his speech they are definitely very good in speaking but that doesn't mean that's the only quality by which we should judge a spiritual master or a guru so duryodhana is a very expert speaker very expert speaker and uh, at the same time we should know that duryodhana is kali personified this kali yuga is actually having the kali personified there is a personification kali purusha so duryodhana is uh, kali purusha himself personified in the form of uh, duryodhana there is an avesha of kali in him so he is very very expert very very expert in speaking and uh, that is how it is very much evident in this previous uh, 9 10 and uh, 8 to 11 shlokas so his diplomacy is very much visible here anybody else who has uh, bhagavad gita so that we can go to the next uh, uh, verse and you can repeat anybody else tasya sanjana yanharsham tasya sanjana yanharsham tasya tasya sanjana yanharsham tasya sanjana yanharsham kuru vridda pitamaha सिमनादम सिमनादम दद्मौ दू दिन हर्षम सिमनादम सिमनादम दद्मौ ओके प्लीज रिपीट द ट्रांसलेशन देन भीष्मीष्मा ग्रेट वेलियन ग्रैंड सायर ऑफ द कुरु डायनेस्टी the grandfather of the fighters the grandfather of the fighters blew his conch shell blew his conch shell very loudly very loudly like the sound of a lion like the sound of a lion giving duryodhana joy giving duryodhana joy okay so wonderful so now this is very interesting tasya sanjayanan harsham So now, while all this diplomatic talk was going on, and uh, Duryodhana was trying to mention about so many different things here, Bhishma, being very matured, could understand that Duryodhana is completely in fear. He could understand that Duryodhana is now fearful of the kind of arrangement that. the pandavas have made so it was very evident the way he was speaking bhishma understood that duryodhana is fearful and now in order to encourage duryodhana what is bhishma doing 
दुर्योधन He blew his conchal and told him that don't worry, Duryodhana, I am not going to spare any leniency. I am going to be very powerful here, and I am going to fight with full vigor. So, it is very, very, very important. This is the message that Bhishma is trying to convey here to Duryodhana. And at the same time, when Duryodhana heard this blowing of conchal from Bhishma. he became very inspired and excited to fight at the same time arjuna was also listening to this concept what do you think did arjuna become excited and inspired to fight after listening to bhishma's concept no although arjuna also heard this blowing of concept by bhishma arjuna was inspired to fight only when he heard the krishna nadam only when krishna spoke the words the bhagavad gita that is when arjuna actually became inspired not just by listening to the counsel of bhishma so that is the difference between the materialist and a devotee also the materialistic people by little flowery language and little bit of inspiration they will get excited to do and take up certain actions but intelligent people compassionate people they think before they act and that is why they take guidance from superiors and that is exactly what arjuna did he was not excited and inspired to fight by blowing by listening to the counsel of bhishma pitamaha so that is the difference between duryodhana and arjuna but by the way i want to tell something very important about bhishma today many people in kaliyuga especially in the recent times they portray bhishma to be a very weak personality they say that bhishma is a weak person who could not defend himself he could not really speak out or voice out his opinions he was always taking orders from the king of hastinapura that is what they consider bhishma to be many people today they think that bhishma was not a very uh, potent person a very important kind of a person that is what is the general understanding and many many so called gurus today even in their books and literature they write very derogatory things about bhishma there are many people who pass on to be uh, great scholars but they want to bring down denigrate the position of bhishma unfortunately that is happening today but we should understand the position of bhishma who is this bhishma how powerful this bhishma was we should know very clearly although duryodhana was so diplomatic he is recognizing the strength of bhishma here very very important although duryodhana knows all the diplomatic skills he knows the strength of bhishma so by the way any guesses anybody 
Do you know what was the age of Bhishma at this particular point of time when this battle was happening? I am throwing this question to all of you. Do you have any idea what was the age of Bhishma when he was fighting this battle of Kurukshetra? You can mention in the comment section or you can just... Achyutan says uh, 75. <laughs> no, it is not 75. Any guesses? Come on, I want more answers from all of you. Vinit is saying 300 plus, okay? I see that increase in number. All of you. Any guess? Dev Chandan 200, okay? That's not the correct answer still. You can guess. What was the age of Bhishma at this point when he was standing on the battlefield of Kurukshetra? Samirji, Parashar Prabhu, any guesses? Shiva Chaitanya, 450 plus. Okay, I see now. The numbers are increasing bit by bit. Samirji, any guess? Parashar Prabhu. Samirji says 100. <laughs> so let me tell you, at this point. <laughs> that's way too less. Bhishma, at this point, he was close to 800 years, almost 800 years. He was reaching to close, close to 800 years. I will tell you how. See, we people in Kaliuga, the lifespan of an average human being is 100 years. The average lifespan of people in Dwaparyuga was 1000 years. The average lifespan of people in uh, Treta Yuga was 10,000 years. Rama ruled, Rama Rajya we say no, Rama ruled for 11,000 years, Ayodhya. And in Satya Yuga, the average lifespan of human being was 1 lakh years. So, in Satya Yuga was 1 lakh years divided by 10. In Treta Yuga, 10,000 years divided by 10. In Dwapar Yuga, 1,000 years divided by 10. In Kali Yuga, it is 100 years. And gradually, it is reducing because of all the junk food that we are eating, Pepsi and Coca-Cola. So it is becoming 70, 60 and as Kaliuga progresses, the lifespan will be 20, 25 years max. So that is how there will be the degradation of human lifespan also going forward in Kaliuga. So let us understand who is this Bhishma? What was Bhishma's position in previous life? This Bhishma, although we know him as the son of Shantanu, Bhishma was actually one of the Ashtavasus. There are eight Vasus in the creation, just like there are Marus, there are Gandharvas, there are Devatas. Vasus are also a kind of Devatas. There are Ashtavasus. So one of the Vasus, a Devata called Divnamaka Vasu. So this Vasu, Divnamaka, Div Div, Div Namaka Vasu. He had a wife called Varangi. So this Varangi 
एंड दिव्य नामक वसु वेर वेरी वेरी वंडरफुल एंड हैप्पी कपल दे आर रूलिंग दे आर पार्ट ऑफ दिस यूनिवर्स एंड दिव्य नामक वसु हैड सेवन अदर ब्रदर्स दे आर ऑल्सो वसु दिस वरांगी द वाइफ हैड अनदर फ्रेंड हुज ऑल्सो हर नेम वॉज वरांगी शी वॉज द क्वीन a wife of a, a wife of a king her name was also varangi now it is said that uh, when people have uh, the same name ek naam sada preeti it is said when people have same name there is lot of bonding between them so this dew namak vasus wife varangi and the king's wife varangi both varangi is were very very close friends so once these uh, friends both of them varangi they conspired they thought that why not we steal nandini the cow surabhi cow which belonged to vasishta muni vasishta muni had a very beautiful cow a very wonderful kamadhenu called nandini and why they wanted this cow because anybody who drinks the milk of nandini will never become old they can actually prevent old age now this is not the nandini milk that packet nandini milk we get here in bangalore this is the nandini milk that they had so why they wanted because by drinking the milk of nandini they could become very young they could remain young and fresh and never become old and that would also prevent diseases and this is the general tendency of women you see that's why women uh, they are so fond of this wrinkle free cream and this cosmetic and that cosmetic so although we use cosmetics these days but uh, <laughs> dwinamaka versus wives varangi they were different they are devatas so they will not use or apply cosmetics like us they wanted to drink the milk of nandini and uh, always remain fresh and youthful so varangi went and told the husband this vasu divnamak vasu and told see this is our plan and uh, please 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 you should get this cow for us now although divnamak vasu knows it is adharma we should not steal especially the cow belonging to a brahmana and as a husband it is the duty of the husband to correct the wife but by the pleasing words of varangi he agreed to her and he gave the word that yes i will steal the cow but i cannot do it alone myself i will uh, involve my seven brothers also so dwinamak vasu along with his seven other brothers they conspired and they stole the cow nandini from vasishta muni's ashram and that is when now when vasishta muni got to know that my cow is being stolen by this uh, vasus he became furious and he cursed them to become to be born as human beings so all this ashta vasus they were cursed by vasishta muni to be born as human beings now for devatas to be born as human beings is a degradation it's a it's a humiliation for them to be born as human beings they don't want to be born as human beings but now out of all these eight vasus the main stakeholder 
of this whole conspiracy was the Dionamakavasu. So Vashishtha Muni said that you will be born as a human being, not just as a human being, but when you when you are born as a human being, you will not get married, you will remain a brahmachari. And not just that, your wife, Varangi, even she will be born as a human being and she will not get a husband. She will also not marry. And both of you in human form will fight against, you will be enemies of each other. And that is how Dhyumnamakavasu was born as Bhishma and Varangi was born as Amba. And that is why there was this uh, feud between Amba and Bhishma. Both of them, they never got married when they were here. Amba also didn't, uh, she didn't get married. Even Bhishma didn't get married. He remained a Brahmachari, Nashtika Brahmachari. And both of them were deadly enemies. And in fact, uh, Amba became the cause, the reason for Bhishma's death. She became, she took birth as Amba, Shikandi later, uh, later on. And that is how she became the cause for the death of these uh, uh, Bhishma. Now the question is what happened to the other seven uh, Vasus who were also cursed? What happened was the other seven brothers of this Dhyunamaka Vasu, they went and prayed to Brahma. Brahma, please, we don't want to be born as uh, human beings. We don't want to spend our uh, life there on earth. So please help us. So Brahma told us, all right. You be born momentarily as human beings, but you accept Ganga as your mother. Ganga will give you birth, but moment you, are, you, you, are, you take birth, you will be killed. So Ganga accepted, yes, I will give you birth, but on one condition, Shishu Hatya Dosha should not come on me. Then I will give you birth for all you seven people. So they all agreed and that is how Ganga, she married Shantanu on three conditions. She said you, uh, you cannot ask my identity and you should not ask, uh, you should not question my actions and you should not ask reasons behind my actions. And Shantanu agreed and Ganga succeeded in giving birth to all these seven Vasus and immediately she used to take the seven children and the moment they were born, they were left into Ganga, the river Ganga, and she used to kill them. And every time Shantanu was so disturbed by this, and only on the eighth time, that is when Bhishma was born. Bhishma was born, uh, Shantanu could not tolerate, and she he went and stopped Ganga and he questioned, Who are you and why are you doing like this? Why are you killing my children? And that is when Ganga explains the whole background of these Vasus and tells him that this is why I was killing these people because they had approached me and they, it was on their request I'm killing them. But now since you have this eighth son Bhishma, I will take him and I will train him. So Ganga takes Bhishma and his earlier name was Devavrata. When he was born his name was Devavrata. Devavrata means, Deva means play, Vrata means to renounce. So Deva Vrata means one who gave up playing. One who gave up the association of women is also called De Deva Vrata. Another meaning. Deva Vrata was trained by 
Ganga, what Ganga did? His own mother, he took Devava, she took Devavrata to the ashram of Brahaspati. This Bhishma, whom we consider, who is fighting here right now on the battlefield, 50 years, first 50 years of his life, he studied Vedas, Vedic study from Brahaspati directly. Another 50 years, he heard Tattvaknyana, philosophical knowledge from Parushadama. Another 25 years of Astravidya from Parushadama. So you see, 125 years he spent his life in studying the Vedas, philosophical knowledge, Tattvaknyana, and another 25 years in Astravidyana. 125 years only in studies. And then after completing his studies, he came and met his father Shantanu and uh, very interestingly, you know, when he met his father, he built a dam of arrows and he stopped the flow of Ganga. Can you imagine anybody doing like that? Building a dam out of arrows? Have you heard anything like that? No, we, we know how much time and effort and energy it takes to build a dam. But here, he was so expert, he could build a dam of arrows. So that is the power of Bhishma, he is no ordinary person. By the way, I should tell you, his education did not stop here. He was so curious and he was so inclined to study. After studying for 125 years, he again went to Brahaspati and another 50 years of Vedic studies he acquired from Brahaspati. Another 50 years from Parushrama he learned Astravidya and 300 years more of Vedic knowledge from Parishurama. So if you put all together, 525 years of Bhishma's life was only spent in education, only in studying the Vedas and Astravidya, Shastravidya. He was so powerful, extremely powerful. And that is why on the Sharapanjara, when he was lying on the bed of arrows, Krishna requested Bhishma to speak all the wonderful knowledge that he had heard. And that is why while Bhishma was on the bed of arrows, he actually spoke the Vishnu Sahasranama. This Vishnu Sahasranama today is so popular, it is actually given to all of us by Bhishma. Bhishma was one who has given us this Vishnu Sahasranam. And on the bed of arrows, Bhishma gave this beautiful knowledge of how to rule as a king to Yudhishthira. Yudhishthira inquired from his uh, grandsire, his grandfather, please explain to me what is uh, the what are the qualities of a king. Please explain to me. And that is how Bhishma explained so many beautiful things about how a king should rule. And uh, if today our politicians, even if they can apply 5% of what Bhishma has told, India will become free from so many miseries. The people of India will become free. Not just India, even the people of the world will become free from so many unwanted things. So, uh, that is the beauty of Bhishma. Bhishma was no ordinary person. He, and uh, 
Why 800 years? Like I told you, generally the lifespan of people in Kali Yuga is 100 years. The 700 years of his brothers who actually did not wanted to live on this planet. All their 100 years, 100 years, 100 years was transferred to Bhishma. This is what Madhvachar explains. And his own 100 years, so all put together it is 800 years. So at this point he was almost reaching 800 years. So that is how old Bhishma was at this point. And still, being a 800 year old man, you see the strength of Bhishma. Out of 18 days of the battle, first 10 days he was the commander and every day he was finishing the armies of Pandavas. First 10 days he fought like a, you know, like a lion on the battle. Can you imagine the strength of Bhishma? So anybody tells you anything against Bhishma, will you stand up and speak all these things? Only some ignorant people will talk some low things about Bhishma. Bhishma is not an ordinary person. Now that's another thing why he was quiet during Draupadi's Vastarana, the gambling match. That is another discussion for another day. But we should know that Bhishma was not an ordinary person. A very great devotee of the Lord. In fact, but now when he's blowing the conch, he is indicating to Duryodhana, Duryodhana, you have absolutely no chance to win this battle. It's because Krishna is there on the other side. And as long as Krishna is on the side of the Pandavas, you have no chance of winning this battle. So that's a clear indication that Bhishma is giving to Duryodhana. So Bhishma is not an ordinary person. So this is the background of Bhishma. And he remained a brahmachari. He never got married. And not an ordinary thing, you know. It is not so easy to remain a brahmachari, uh, especially uh, in cities. And Hastinapuri, Hastinapura was uh, uh, a city where so much of opulence is there and so much of temptations are there. And not just city, he was in a palace. And in palace there are so many dasa and dasis. Uh, there is so much temptation and out of all that to remain a brahmachari it's not an ordinary thing being among so many opulents and men and women beautiful women to remain a brahmachari not an ordinary thing so he was not a weak person at all it's this is a clear indication about his inner strength the woe that he had taken that i will remain a brahmachari all the time and that's why he was given the boon by from his father that you will have Ikshamrityu. You can die whenever you desire. And that is how Bhishma was now lying on the bed of arrows. So many arrows all piercing through his body left, right and center. He was still not dead. One arrow pierces us, we are gone. We will be dead. But here he is lying on the bed of arrows, still is alive. It's because the pranavayu within him was under his control. He could live that pranavayu at his will. We don't have that capacity. When death comes, we just have to accept. We have to bow down and just go, leave this world. But Bhishma was not like that. So please understand that Bhishma is a very great personality and uh, anybody, we read certain uh, books, uh, we read certain commentaries by some uh, people 
who take everything from mahabharata they take everything from bhagavad gita they completely misconstrue the meanings they denigrate these great personalities and it has become a fashion these days so we have to reject these people and never accept these people so it's very very important okay so before i go to the next section if you have any questions please keep uh, thinking about some questions it is very important all right so we have finished the 12th shloka let us also complete the 13th shloka which is very important so achutan ji uh, are you ready okay great so please uh, repeat after me the 13th shloka tat shankash bhedyasya पणवानक गोमुक सहसैवाभ्यशब्दस्तुमोभव विल डू दैट वॉन्स अगेन तत्शंकाशेरियोमुकोमुकोमुकोमुकोमुकोमुकोमुकोमुकोमुकोमुकोमुकोमुकोमुकोमुकोमुकोमुकोमुकोमुकोमुकोमुकोमुकोमुको
and you know so beautiful it is i mean before what <laughs> you're playing musical instruments it is really very nice and uh, this was also an indication that the pandavas will win because these were all auspicious signs because any time when the aarti is happening in the temple you know the musical instruments are played and anything auspicious we do musical instruments are involved so this battle in one sense is a very auspicious event although it is going to be very ghastly because so many people are going to die but at the same time it is an indication of dharma after this war dharma will be established on this whole planet that was an indication so all these unwanted elements weeds will be uprooted in this battlefield of kurukshetra so i want to definitely go to the next uh, shloka that is 14th shloka but i want to keep it for the next week because the 14th shloka is a very interesting shloka because now the entry of the hero is going to happen the hero is going to enter the battlefield and uh, it's a very beautiful description and i want to keep this for the next week because it's a shloka where now krishna will enter although not directly but the description of uh, krishna and arjuna is going to happen in the 14th shloka so we are right now in the sub section 2 sub section b where the description of the war is going to happen is already taking place yeah you so well trained such a great guy as you say yeah why did he land up why did he land up to cause the party <laughs> yeah very interesting question here <clears throat> uh, simultaneously there is another question i just want to read it before many people are misinterpreting the bhagavad gita how do we stop it okay good question vinod ji so let me first answer samir ji here now bhishma definitely had uh, so much of vedic knowledge and he had learned uh, so many things from great gurus like brahmaspati and uh, parashurama himself the supreme lord parashurama is one of the avatara and uh, it so happened that when there was this uh, Satyavati Satyavati who happens to be the fisher woman and once Shantanu saw her he got attracted to her and Shantanu wanted to marry Satyavati but the father of Satyavati said uh, no uh, that may not be possible because uh, you know what will happen to the children of Satyavati because they will be uh, having no kingdom to rule and uh, if you are ready to give the kingdom to the the sons of satyavati then i will give my daughter to you so that is how uh, shantanu could not take this he said uh, you know he was attracted to satyavati but uh, giving the kingdom to the sons of uh, satyavati and not to uh, his own son bhishma 
that will be uh, injustice he thought that is not appropriate and especially when bhishma is so learned so shantanu who was uh, in uh, dharma sankat now he is right now wanting to marry but at the same time he cannot go against uh, his own son bhishma who is such a wonderful personality and uh, he was very morose and he was deep within so disturbed and this was seen and understood by bhishma and uh, he inquired from the charioteer you know he did not even directly ask uh, shantanu please tell me your problem he was so intelligent and so sensitive bhishma goes to the chariot driver of uh, shantanu and gets to know all the details of what had happened and that is how he got to know that oh my father is actually in love with satyavati and he wants to marry so bhishma goes to this uh, satyavati's father and request that please uh, you know ensure that you give uh, your daughter to him and uh, your daughter i will not take any ruling i will not i will not rule and uh, by that way uh, it will be you know your uh, your sons the sons of satyavati will rule and then at that point of time the father of satyavati told bhishma okay you are saying that you will not rule but what in the future you will get married and you will have children at that time your children will come and they will fight for the property and the kingdom so that will be a great problem and then bhishma told i will take a vow right now that i will remain as a nastika brahmachari and because he took this very powerful vow that he will remain a brahmachari the you know demigods they showered flowers on him there was thundering in the sky and that is why he got this word bhishma also his actual name is devavrata but when he took this very powerful vow he got this uh, name as bhishma because bhishma he took that very powerful vow his big name became bhishma so now the question is why did he allow and he fought against this uh, kauravas was because he had taken another vow and that is i will become the servant of the king of hastinapura i will not rule it myself so he had given this vow to this uh, uh, fisherman that i will not become the king at any point of time i will only serve the king of hastinapura so now in that case now dhritarashtra was the king and dhritarashtra was adharmik and whatever dhritarashtra was telling bhishma was obeying to that although it was adharma but he was trying to stick on to his own vow that i will not break my vow of not following the orders of the king so that is what krishna corrects him later on krishna points out this mistake of bhishma you were so attached you were so attached to your own uh, likings you were so attached to your own vows that you forgot dharma although you were aware of dharma and that is what exactly draupadi also says all the vedic knowledge and everything that you great people have drunacharya bhishma is of no use that's why it's called asat sabha so many times in life we are so stuck to our own uh, attachment we are so stuck to our own uh, uh, actions and perceptions we don't want to change that is why 
The whole Bhagavad Gita is to change our perception. Arjuna was also attached to his ideas. No, I have my idea. And until then, Krishna did not instruct. Arjuna was telling, oh, I am going to, this is my idea, I am not going to fight. This is my idea, that's why I am not going to fight. Krishna was quiet. Okay, you want to speak, you speak. Alright, you keep on speaking. I will not speak anything. Only when Arjuna understood that this not, it's not in my capacity, it's beyond me. Now I have to surrender to Krishna. Only when he surrendered, then Krishna revealed the knowledge of Bhagavad Gita. We will see that in the future. And Krishna says, that is why in the 18th chapter, Sarva dharmam paritajya mame kam sharanam raja ahantam sarva papepyo mokshashyami mashucha Sarva dharmam paritajya Give up all unnecessary dharmas. I am a man, I am a woman, I am a husband, I am an Indian. All these different dharmas that we are following today, Krishna is saying, give them up. Don't be attached to your own ideas. Be open to the ideas that Krishna is going to give. But unfortunately, Bhishma was attached to his own walk, although he was knowing that what is right and what is wrong. And that attachment led to so much big battle. If Bhishma had opposed it that time, this big war wouldn't have happened. Krishna tells and corrects it. So that is why many times we need to be very careful about our own inner attachments, deep attachments. We need to break them one by one with knowledge, the sword of knowledge. With the sword of knowledge, we need to break all these attachments. Okay. I hope that clarifies. Yes, yes, it does. Yeah. So then, the very interesting, the next question, uh, Vinodji is saying. <coughs> so, many people misinterpret Bhagavad Gita. How do we stop this? And Chaitanya is really amazing to know that about the origin of Krishna Swaranam. Yeah, exactly. So, how do we stop the misinterpretation? One thing is, we ourselves should know the right context and the right meaning to the Bhagavad Gita. That's why I'm taking so much time. I really don't want to hurry because if we really don't understand these uh, intricacies of Bhagavad Gita and we don't deeply understand, uh, it is not going to serve the purpose. We may uh, just on a surface level understand Bhagavad Gita, but uh, that may not really help us. But if we understand these subject matter deeply and internalize these things, then we can preach, we can speak about this truth to other people and convince people. That is number one. And as much as possible, try to understand Bhagavad Gita in Parampara. So we have to educate people. Uh, we have to be aware ourselves first, what is right and what is wrong. And then we need to uh, try to preach as much as possible. And if you can also distribute this Bhagavad Gita as it is, this is going to be really very interesting and it's a great, great seva from your side. You can just distribute even soft copies of these Bhagavad Gita as it is because uh, that way people will read an authentic version of uh, Bhagavad Gita and that will really help them to understand the right uh, import of the Bhagavad Gita. So we cannot understand Bhagavad Gita from anyone and anybody. It should be understood in Parampara. And Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita itself, Evam Paramparam, Evam Parampara Praptam, Imam Rajam Shayoviduhu. So he says that understand this Bhagavad Gita in Parampara. It's very important. So, let's see, uh, 
share the PDF that you shared, Prabhu. Uh, uh, Bhagavad Gita as it is. Yes, definitely. I'm going to share the Bhagavad Gita as it is uh, in the group, uh, the PDF form of that, so that uh, you can share with others also. That will be really nice, and uh, people can become aware of this. Uh, also, please try to spread this message of uh, the sessions every Sunday. so that more people can come and they can uh, join in so that way they will be benefited uh, from this uh, sessions okay so vinod is asking that why let me see what is the question uh, why did bishma decide to end his life after so many days <laughs> yeah the thing is uh, he wanted to leave his body earlier but he was always hoping to establish dharma to see that dharma is he wanted to see that yudhishthira be placed on the throne because that was his ultimate desire so bhishma continued to stay even after the battle was uh, over and he left his body only when the uttarayana on the you know sankranti makara sankranti we say so until makara sankranti he was waiting and uh, he did not give up his body and meanwhile because uh, it is very auspicious to leave uh, our body in the uttrayana you know you must be aware about you must have heard about uttrayana and dakshinayana so when the sun takes its uh, northward journey that is uttrayana is very auspicious to leave the body and uh, bhishma was waiting for that auspicious time so makara sankranti when uttarayana began that is when bhishma left his body so until then he was holding on to his breath he was holding on to uh, his breath he didn't wanted to at the same time he also wanted to see that yudhishthira be placed on uh, the throne because it was his deep desire to ensure that hastinapura is ruled by dharmic people so that was his desire and he was holding on to his breath for that I hope that answers the question. 